The Clueless Joe podcast is recorded at DBAT Nashville and brought to you by Rawlings, the nation's leading baseball and softball training academy franchise and the world's top baseball and softball brand have teamed up to create an exciting new partnership. DBAT, powered by Rawlings, the official ball, glove, and helmet of Major League Baseball. To learn more, go to Rawlings.com or visit your local DBAT. Say hey, baseball fans. Welcome to the Clueless Joe podcast, powered by Rawlings, episode 29, after a one-week hiatus. Coming to you from DBAT Nashville, the premier baseball and softball batting cage and training academy in Middle Tennessee, developing beliefs, attitudes, and traditions, Music City style. You can follow us on social media across all platforms at DBAT Nashville. I'm your host, John Christ. I'm here with my two co-host this week, current Nashville Dollies, Zach Schreitenthal and Sam Bragg. Go Dollies. Roll Dollies. Go That's Dollies good. indeed. Coming up later in the show, we're going to talk about the evolution of the closer position out of the bullpen, how it continues to change in the modern game. But we're going to begin with the NCAA tournament. The field was at 64 teams this past weekend in the regional round. We're now down to 16 for the Super Regionals this coming weekend. And once these best two of three series are played, we'll know which eight teams are advancing to Omaha for the College World Series. Unfortunately, Nashville has no more local representation. Lipscomb was eliminated at Clemson. Not a huge surprise. Still a terrific season from coach Jeff Forehand and company, friend of the program. But Vanderbilt was also eliminated despite Hawkins Field being one of the host sites. Very much a surprise. So we are left with this weekend, Duke at number seven, Virginia, number 14, Indiana State at TCU, number 15, South Carolina at number two, Florida, Oral Roberts at Oregon, number 16, Alabama at number one, Wake Forest. They look nasty, by the way. Mm. Tennessee at Southern Miss, number 12, Kentucky at number five, LSU, and finally, Texas at number eight, Stanford. So let's start here. Who's going to end up at TD Ameritrade in Nebraska? Indiana <coughs> State. I just that want to is ta- my. I want to talk about this. Team. Can we? Can everybody stop calling Arkansas the Omahaogs though? Until they actually win one. Yeah. They have not won one. No. No, they haven't. Yeah, you can't, can't, made can, a lot of noise, but yeah. they have not. They almost did. Remember, yet. they yeah. dropped that pop up in yep. was it, 2018. Uh. Yeah, Arkansas upset by a pretty mediocre TCU team. They're hot right now, though. Mm-hmm. I think this Indiana State team, I, team I, of destiny. I was a believer in them until they have to go to TCU now. See, that's out of their control, though. A little it, bit unfair. That, yeah, being see, a 14 seed. And did you see, like, the, not being able to host, which TCU like boosters like donated like four hundred thousand dollars to the Special Olympics because that's what's being. Held. That's right. Yeah, that's what's that's being. Why hosted they can't, there, yeah. that's, that's what it was. I saw that. I the, think uh, part of that story was just facilities and the like, and hotels and what yeah. have they you. They couldn't get like staff enough staff to work the right work the event. Yeah. Which again, obviously, it's not their fault, and but it's nothing they, they, they could do. But Wars. yeah, exactly. Like that's and their national seed. Going to be tough. It's a little unfair. But I got I got Texas definitely going. 
They're yeah. Good. They're good. They're already darling Stanford for me after upsetting Miami. That's good enough for yeah. me. Stanford handled A&M pretty Yeah, but pretty what, well. what was A&M? They were, they were a they national were, seed, weren't they? No. They were, they they were a three seed. South Carolina and Florida could be a bloodbath. Yeah. That yeah. could be, That'll be a mean, good series. That'll be a really good series. SEC I think, rivalry. I think LSU is going to absolutely handle Kentucky. Virginia will probably beat Duke. I don't know. Is Duke kind of hot right now? Yeah. They're playing well. Obviously, I'm putting Oral Roberts in it because because why not? You have to. They're this year's Coastal Carolina, maybe. I don't care about Oregon. Forty nine and eleven. Oh, that's a. Do we give Alabama any shot against Wake Forest? I I watched some of that recently in Western Salem. I need to watch Wake Wake Forest. Forest. Is dirty. Their pitching is so good. They don't give up runs. They don't give up runs, and the middle of that order destroys baseball. They have three guys that start with a one ERA. You can't. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't beat that. Fifty and ten. In a college baseball season, is yeah, it's unbelievable. unreal. In the ACC, it's by the unbelievable. way, unbelievable. That's yeah, that's crazy. And th- that's in an ACC that had Duke, that had Virginia, that had yeah. Clemson, that had really good squads. Is Kentucky a threat? No, I don't think so. Who was, was really who's in there? I was really shocked that they were regional the seed. West Virginia. Who else was in there? Regional. LSU still. LSU still, I think. Even though, I mean, I want Wake Forest to win. I still think LSU is kind of the team to beat. Really? Yeah, just they're just so loaded. They are. They're so good. They can good. swing it, man. They're so good. I, I swear every single guy in their lineup has an OPS of like 1,100. That's crazy. Yeah. And I like that I like that uh, That uh little guy for TCU that had one home run on the season and then hit three with like 50 RBIs. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> they can turn a, They can turn a one nothing game into a 20 to nothing game real quick. TCU? Yeah. Yeah, they, can they definitely showed that I against Arkansas. Think, I just don't think their pitching's that good. I thought Arkansas was supposed to be well, uh, the real deal. Well, they also what was his name? Hagen Smith was like an All American that gave up nine runs. In That's one true. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think I got Oregon over Oral Roberts. Nah, I can't do that. <laughs> nah, I want to talk more about this Indiana State team because we have a lot of Belmont guys here in the building who help us with camps and the like. They switched from the Ohio Valley Conference to the Missouri Valley Conference this year, which means conference opponents with Indiana State. And we had one of our camp counselors last week said, yeah, that Indiana State team is legit. They are really, really good. Despite the Sycamores not having much of a history in terms of baseball, he, he thinks they're a legitimate threat. They don't, they don't have much of a history, but they, they've somehow turned out good They've players. had some dudes. They've had some guys. They've had some dudes. They haven't really had any squads, but they've had some dudes. That's right. I mean, I don't know anything about them. I just know that they're really good. I see the scores to the games, and they're not yeah. close. Yeah, no. They uh, they clearly can swing it. Yeah, score have, a lot of runs. I have no idea about their pitching, but just based off the scores, they can swing the bat. Mm-hmm. Who is in their regional, though? That's, that's what I'm uh, – just because I feel like they kind of had a soft – Iowa, soft. North Carolina. Iowa was pretty good Iowa was good. Yeah. Um. Gosh, who was that other team? Iowa, North Carolina. North Carolina is always strong. Baby Blues. <laughs> Maryland. Nope, that was that was Big Twelve Championship. Just kidding. Um, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> you still trying it. to find? Yeah, still trying to find. I, that. I do want to know who it is, real quick though. So basically, what it all boils down to is Wake Forest is going to win it all, though. I'll Wake be so, I'll be so mad if they they pull a Tennessee. 
and get like beat. last year. Yes, mm-hmm. that'll make me so mad. But they do look a step above everybody else. I, mean, I, I watched a decent amount of them this year, um, but yeah, just this past weekend in Winston Salem. They look. The reason I think that I, they, I don't see any flaws in them. I don't team. think they're going to get upset is just because Tennessee got upset by an unranked Notre Dame team, mm-hmm. and Alabama is a national seed. Yes. So I think that national I mean, seed SEC school. I feel like they'll take. They're them, not going to sneak up them, on They'll take them more serious than Tennessee did Notre Dame. How surprised are we that Alabama's here, considering the strife the program went through? I mean, they canned their coach what a couple weeks yeah. ago for I some mean, pretty shaky circumstances. I feel like they've always been able to hit. Mm-hmm. They've uh, there's been like a bunch of years where they led the SEC in home runs, but that's just another school. I don't know. But is, is this betting scandal? Is that the galvanizing spirit that's taken them through uh, the, the the tournament or what? Yeah, probably. I guess for Alabama. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, I know. yeah. Without a without their head coach, yeah, that's no head coach. Crazy. I mean, yeah. I saw that a lot of players were unhappy that he got let go. I mean, someone's got to take the fall for that. Yeah. Well, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's really nobody else to. Obviously, it's a crappy situation, but mm-hmm. um, I'm shocked that Auburn lost. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too shocked about that. I'm. Yeah, I'm shocked. Penn made a pretty good run. <laughs> yeah, that was Ivy League. Interesting. There's always an Ivy League school in every sport that does something like that. Let's keep it lo- uh, local for a minute. Uh, Lipscomb. Fantastic season this year. Again, we know Coach Forehand pretty well. We know some of their players. Uh, they went into their conference tournament, lost their first two, still came out of it, qualified for the tournament, and uh, you know they, they kind of ran into a buzzsaw uh, over in Clemson. That was a tough road for them. So it's a shame they didn't advance, but still a terrific season for the Bisons. But Vanderbilt, I mean, that is a surprise. That was, that was a surprise. I'm not going to say I don't know if I said it on here, but I definitely said it when they won the – conference tournament i was like mm-hmm. this is that vandy team to to turn it on for the conference tournament win the tournament and then it looked get like, bounced early it looked like they had figured it out but they just did not play that well this past weekend well the difference between i feel like this vandy team and other vandy teams is like name one of their pitchers yeah it yeah. kind of helps having Jack Leiter on the bump. Or Kumar Rocker. Or Kumar Rocker yeah. on the bump. Like, they just had dudes that could throw mm-hmm. the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, they still had – every game I saw, they still had guys throwing 97, but clearly they're not anything worthwhile. Their lineup could swing it fairly well, though. Still. But, again, other They than, got beat scoring one run, didn't they? Didn't they lose two to one? Yeah. Their elimination game against uh, Xavier, I believe. They lost two to one. Oh, they didn't even make – they didn't even make no, the it was, championship. No, it was and Xavier. Wow. Yeah. Were they two and out? I believe so. They just didn't play well. So know, yeah, they had to be because they lost Oregon. Yeah, in the they first lost. Game. They lost eight to seven against Oregon on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. They lost by to it. Xavier. I'm, yeah, I'm not shocked by it. I know there's some Enrique Bradfield haters that are out there. Some people love him, first round pick. Some people just think he has a flawed game. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys sit? He's fast. We know where I sit with it. <laughs> yes, we do. That's awesome that he can run the bases quick. A lot of people can. He'll be a great pinch runner one day. <laughs> I still I Benny, mean, the, Benny the Jet was a great great pinch runner. He was. He was a great pinch runner. Uh, uh, yeah. He showed in the SEC tournament he plays a pretty mean center. He field. does. Yeah, I'll say, I, mean, I think he on. can handle it his own Guys, out there. But. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. But you can't you, steal first base. You can't steal first. Your defense shouldn't put you in the first round. Neither should neither should just you being able. I mean, obviously, I see that big league teams think that they can turn you into a hitter. Yeah, 
I just, and not even just a hitter. I mean, I think there's scouts out there who think he could be a 21 yeah, guy. I think too. projectability alone. Yeah, there's a lot of projectability. I mean, but it's just like he's got to get bigger. He's got to get stronger. Mm-hmm. But just overall, Vanderbilt really not being competitive oh, at home. 279, sorry. 311 career it's at just, Vandy. It's just not first-round material. No. He was he was 279. disappointing, all things considered. This 37 season. stolen bases. He's fast. Pretty crazy. I think he had 100-plus in three seasons. 130. Awfully good. Awfully That's good. really good. Yeah, but no Vanderbilt. Kind of a shame. Hey, he does not strike out very much. I mean – he struck out 40 times, but still had 45 walks and 10. He's just out there slapping the ball. <laughs> hey, hit it, Luis on the hit it on the ground. Yeah, which is also very boring to watch. Yeah, it, it, it's a very boring, boring 399. Boring 401 now. Oh, 401. 401 okay. now to Which watch. one of these matchups is going to have the best three-game tournament? Ooh. The, honestly, like, Tennessee and Southern Miss. Yeah. You think? Yeah. I, that, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, do we think Southern Miss puts up a good fight? I mean, I know they're really good and they're, I think they're hosting. That, I think there's a really good chance that Southern Miss goes to Omaha. Tennessee's not going to be buoyed by that crowd at home. They no. got to do it on the road. There's a really yeah. Well, they did it on the road and oh, maybe there's something we said for the Vols. You know, last year was supposed to be their super team. This year they're a little under the radar. Maybe they just get in a year gotta, later. That's what I'm saying. Awesome. I think they have a as much as I don't want to say it because. I can't stand Tennessee. I cannot stand. Not Tennessee. a fan of the way they uh, play baseball. Cannot stand it. I think. That, I think. They, yeah. I think they just got a chip on their shoulder and they're just riding the wave right now. I don't. I could see them taking. Taking the first two games. Southern Southern Miss will be in trouble if Dolander is pitching well. Exactly. Yeah, they'll be in trouble. But that I hasn't agree really that. been the case. I think the South Carolina Florida series that's my would probably be yeah. I think the best crazy. potential series is South Carolina and Florida. Florida is very overpowering. I think S- I think SEC Oral, squads. I think Oral Roberts both have won national championships out. pretty recently. Florida's got some guys who just murder baseball. South Carolina has really good pitching. That should be a great matchup. Will Sanders. I worked out. With I think Texas time. Stanford will go through get three solid games. I think I think Texas takes two. You do? Yeah, two hundred and out. Texas how many is times, good, how but many they, time, I mean, you can't bet on the Pac-12. <laughs> I mean, UCLA for the for the longest time. Not now. They did. Really they they snuck that one in there in 2013. Pac-12 is not going to exist. That's in the two thing. Years. Texas has been really good, but they have shown some there is some weakness. Texas where they have, Texas needs a national championship again. Yeah, they do. But like conference tournament, they they blew it. Yeah, but they're they're and alive right now. Yeah, they are alive right now. But I, I, again, I, that's why I think it's going to be a good series. I I thought Texas A and M was going to take that that regional. Who did Stanford beat? Was it A and M? A and M. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with Southern Miss and Tennessee being the best one. Okay. I think that I think I would say that too, just because whether we like it or not, Tennessee is a very electric program. Yeah. And I think that I think that that fourteen Flo- inning game was. I, I think nuts. that Florida is gonna absolutely handle South Carolina. Do you really? Yeah. That was my next question. There, that, Wh- which that, of these eight contests aren't a contest? Who's gonna be Alabama? Wake two and Force. Q? I, th- yeah. I think Wake is gonna two and Bam, Q Alabama. Yeah, Bama yeah. and Wake. Uh, Virginia think, too. You think LSU is gonna LSU, hammer Kentucky? Oh, LSU is yeah, yeah, gonna yeah, smack Kentucky yeah. probably. I think Texas. I think I think there's only going to really. I like, wouldn't be surprised if Indiana State. Just I think takes it, two quick. Oh, I think yeah. Indiana State could take two. Yeah, f- fairly quick. Even in Fort Worth, 
I could see that. But definitely. I, th- I think that Tennessee and Southern Miss go three games. I think there's a lot of two, and I think we'll have some quick teams going to Omaha. Mm-hmm. Man, there's some there's some angry Tennessee fans not about when, it. When are they not angry I'm Tennessee fans? I'm just saying about fans. them not, not hosting the Super Regional. Ole Roberts and Oregon go three games. Yeah, I see that. I don't know if we remember this, but Oregon, when they hosted uh, Kent State, also got upset. I remember that. Yeah. That was a good Kent State team, too. Yeah, it was. Scott Strickland, no longer at Georgia. <laughs> Georgia Georgia just hired uh, LSU's pitching coach as their head coach. I think I am, though. I think I am with you, uh, Sam, that LSU is still probably my favorite to win. Though. Yeah. College I Series. want Wake Forest to win, but I just only the number five seed though. I ju- yeah, well they they just they started losing two out of three. To yeah, the, yeah. The, the I think uh, they're just they're yeah, like Sam said, they're stacked, man. It's, Do they have enough arms? I mean, we know they can hit. Well, they have the best pitcher in the country and the best college and baseball be- player and the best call. Yeah, they have they have the they have the best junior. Dylan Cruz is the the best junior hitter. Mm-hmm. They have the best Tommy sophomore White. hitter. <laughs> yeah, for real. They yeah. have the best freshman hitter, and they have the best pitcher in the country. Yeah, that is tough to be. I don't know. I don't know anything about their Saturday guy, but I know that Skeens, he's second all time in LSU strikeouts, and it's he's pitched one season. Yeah, it's crazy. I, 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 yeah, an LSU Wake Forest matchup would be second behind Ben McDonald, be maybe. Yeah, he is. Okay. And Ben McDonald did it in three seasons. Yeah. And he's only <laughs> he was pretty good. And he's only like forty strikeouts away from him. Mercy. You think Texas takes two pretty quick? They looked really good. It's because they have that one. I forgot his name. They have that one starter that's like six foot ten. That's just out there throwing lightning. How good was that Miami team, though? I don't know. I mean, I know they hosted, I know, I know. but they, they were fine. Yeah, you can, I, I don't you know can never. Trust the Hurricanes. No, no, not at all. I mean, but that that regional Miami was Miami and Tennessee are both programs. They were a good Texas, team, not a Miami, to crumble. Louisiana, mm. and any love for the ACC? Duke and Virginia. I mean, someone's got to go. Duke. I mean, what was it? What was the? I watched some Virginia. I thought they looked pretty good. Virginia is always nasty. Mm-hmm. What was the recent national champion? Duke. Uh, when they you know ran through that, they did the same thing. And then they played – they were like an out away from beating Vandy and then blew it. I could see the same thing happening here. With Duke? Yeah. I was like I, – Again, yeah, I don't see Duke's magic carrying on any longer. I think Virginia probably will probably have a pretty pretty good – I feel like no one ever knows anyone from Virginia. And, <laughs> yeah, and they – I know that the the A's number two prospects, little brothers, a projected first rounder next year, and he's really good. He's their three hole hitter. I had not heard anything on Virginia this whole but no, year. And no, not one hosting time. regional. And then I haven't heard. Regional. I haven't heard about a Virginia baseball player since Danny Holson, and that was 2011. I mean, they won the national title what three, four years ago or something like that. Yeah, with, with who? Yeah. The only guy I know is that one dude. I'll, I, again, I don't really know his name. The pitcher who the left handed pitcher from last year or the oh. two years ago College World Series who. Just became a social media deal because he was telling all of his like travel stories. And, oh yeah! Oh, uh, oh yeah! yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm Spencer Such or something yeah, like that. I know yeah, exactly yeah, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Twitter like all star. The yeah. only only Virginia player I know. Yeah, he, I want. He's the, got the hair. He's got the personality. Yeah, I yeah, want the College yeah. World Series to be like more mid-major schools in there. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm awesome. all I'm I'm all for it. 
It's awesome. I mean, like when Georgia was there, I mean, they played Fresno State and lost. Mm -hmm. It would be a bummer for me for the national championship to be Oral Roberts and Wake Forest and Oral Roberts just take It wasn't that long ago when schools like Cal State Fullerton were there all the time. Uh, Do we really call that a mid-major when it comes to baseball, though? Because I feel like Fullerton's a very established Fullerton and, uh, what was it, Irvine? UC Irvine. Irvine. I remember when Pepperdine won the national championship. And then what was it? Oregon State won it back to back years. Oregon State won. Yeah. That's twice. not a mid major. It's not a mid major, yeah. but I just remember like yeah, the team, they played. How, how big time is the baseball? Yeah, you don't really Corvallis, know. Oregon. And, yeah, and UNC when they beat them, they had Dustin Ackley. Wait, they were the I thought they were team. Beaverton. Are they not in Beaverton? No, they're mm. Corvallis. Corvallis. That's right. And then, and then Oregon is in Eugene. Eugene. I need, Correct. Okay, I need that. Yeah. Why is Beaverton? I don't know. Because <laughs> they're the Beavers. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't put that together. But. Are they in Beavertown? <laughs> All right, prediction time. Here we go. Duke at Virginia. 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 Indiana State at TCU. Indiana State. Yeah. I got to go with them. Yeah. Indiana State. South Carolina and Florida. the Gators. Florida. Florida. Florida's too good. Or Roberts at Oregon. Or Roberts. I got Oregon. I got I'm going to take Oral Roberts, too. I got to have uh, one big yeah. upset in there. I know. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I don't really see many... Bama at Wake. Wake. Wake Forest. Wake's going to door yeah. Tennessee at Southern Miss. Southern Miss. I want Southern Miss to Southern win. Miss. I want Southern I, Miss. I, I, Southern I, Miss. So I'm taking Southern, Southern Miss. Miss. Yeah. Southern Miss. Kentucky at LSU. 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 Gooks no Tigers. Texas at Stanford. Texas. I want Texas, but I think I got to. I, I think I got to ride Stanford. I get it right now. I want to go Texas. I want to go Texas. That, right. I think Stanford will be. But again, Stanford's a nationally ranked team. Sure. Eighth. So it's like, I feel like I'm taking them as an upset. Stanford has been there before. Texas, They've gone to Omaha a ton. Uh, again, I think Texas should win. Texas was a win away from being the 15 seed, so it's not. Yeah, like, but I think Stanford will be my somewhat of an upset. All right, we're on the record. We'll find out soon. Should be an awesome weekend of baseball. Also, shout out to. What's going on? Hey, Sophie. Shout out to Sophie. You can come in. It's okay. <laughs> we got to lock that door. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, we're going to cue up some walkout music and talk about closers. The Clueless Joe podcast is brought to you by Tanner Tees, the best batting tees for your baseball or softball player. Made with premium, durable materials and assembled in Sarasota, Florida. Invented by Joe Tanner in 1988 and perfected over 30 years, every Tanner Tee represents the very best in the business. Here at DBAT Nashville, we feature the heavy model in all of our cages and also sell them in our pro shop. It's a tough, professional quality weighted batting tee with a flexible, hand-rolled rubber cone that's perfect for baseball, fast pitch, and slow pitch. This heavy-duty batting tee is designed with a 10-pound, claw-style base for extra stability on any hitting surface. Sturdy enough to stay upright through the occasional mishit. To learn more, go to TannerTees.com or visit your local DBAT. Welcome back. Yes, I am a biased Chicago White Sox fan, but there was a great moment Tuesday night at Yankee Stadium. Liam Hendricks recorded his first save since announcing in January that he was battling cancer. The closer position in general has seen a lot of changes over the years. Back in the 70s when it was guys like Raleigh Fingers and Bruce Suter, it wasn't unusual for those guys to pitch you know, two and three innings at a time. Then in the 90s and 2000s, it was legends like Mariano Rivera, Trevor Hoffman. Rarely did they ever take the mound unless it was the ninth inning and they really needed him. But today, closer by committee is becoming more of a thing. It's also more common for quote-unquote closers in the seventh and eighth innings if the situation calls for it. 
So if you guys were a big league manager, how would you handle closing out a game with your bullpen? I mean, obviously, a lot. I would say you throw the ninth. But I had a situation when I was the closer uh, a few years ago. And it was the sixth inning. And I came in, uh, bases loaded, one out, and got out of it. And the manager, you know, shook my hand. And was like, "Good job." And he was like, "You're you're done for the day." And he was like, "I know you're the closer, but he was like, the closer we needs to needs the biggest innings right, yeah. in the game." And he was like, "That was it for you." That was the flawed manager thinking probably five years ago, where you yeah. had these lights out closers that wouldn't go anywhere near the game unless it was the ninth in a save situation, even though the game could be won or lost in the sixth or seventh. Well, I always like. Some things I think are interesting, like it was, I don't remember what year it was, maybe 2015, 2016, when Kenley Jansen was extremely dominant, and the Dodgers used Kershaw to close out the games, just like when the Red Sox, they used Chris Sale to close out the World yeah. Series. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they had Kimbrell. Play, the was, playoff. It was an all I know, I get yeah, it. That, I get it. And different. Sale came in and struck out the side, and he's yeah. great. But it's like, mm-hmm. why are you not going with the guy that has done it the whole season? Exactly. I think Randy Johnson did that once or twice yeah, with the D-backs back in the day. Bumgarner. I will mm-hmm. say that it, it takes a special type of psychopath to throw the ninth, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's. This is my clueless joke coming out, but <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be in the eighth inning to get a save, or the ninth inning to get a save, right? You can pitch in the sixth. And if, get a save? If you pitch the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth inning, I believe yeah. regardless of score, you're credited with yeah. the if save. If you're the last pitcher you're, within yeah. that right. three run. Yeah, yeah. if you have okay. a starter go 5 and a reliever go 4, even if the score is 10 to nothing, I believe you get credited with the save. But okay. traditionally, uh, the way you have to start the inning with a three-run lead or less, yeah. or I believe you have to come in with the on-deck, the on-deck batter, batter at the has least. To be the, at least the tying run. Yeah. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. So you could get a save – with winning a game by five runs if you came in with the bases, bases loaded. loaded yeah. Okay, right. yeah. gotcha. Right. But usually it's three runs or less starting the ninth inning. But you can save one in the seventh and the eighth, yes. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I don't see a problem with, with how they're doing it these days. Um, again, like you said, you, you need your guy out there in the most important inning and the biggest inning. So yeah, I don't it see is why. It's normally not. the inning to close out. I mean, if the closer is in there, it's a close game. Well, what's That's what I'm saying, yeah, if it's like a seventh inning and like you talk about the guy, there's more and more teams who don't have the guy anymore, and they're relying on two or three. And one guy might throw the ninth one game, and you might throw the eighth next. That is happening a lot more than it did ten years ago. Yeah, so yeah I am. I am very traditional in that aspect where I I wish it was still like that. Yeah, you want everyone to be the 2015 Royals. You had a seventh inning guy, the eighth inning guy, you had a ninth inning guy. If I could have that on, they all on do my the roles. team, you had three closers. I, I want that, yeah. But and honestly, Greg Holland was probably the worst out of the I three. I know, yeah. He, <laughs> was, he was the guy. Ninth inning. Wade yeah. Davis was definitely the hey, best. Hey, my 05 White Sox. Kelvin Herrera, like I think, was, was the guy out Kevin of those Herrera. guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's nasty. My 05 White Sox, you had Neil Cotts in the seventh from the left side. You had Cliff Polite from the right side in the eighth inning. And then you had Bobby Jenks in the ninth. Bobby Jenks. Yeah. Bobby Jenks. I, oh, I saw so many White Sox series uh, in Kansas City, and that was probably one of my favorite parts was just watching him walk out to the bullpen. Oh, like, yeah. That guy, that's a dude right there. <laughs> Granted, we had Joaquin Soria at the time. Oh, yeah. He was cool. good. Too. He, had, Man, he was good. He had one of the sickest walkout videos. There's, one of the things I've always found fascinating about closers is that when the game starts, they're nowhere near the dugout. 
They're nowhere near the bullpen. They might be in oh, the clubhouse. They haven't even put on their uniforms until like the fourth. Yeah, they chill. Walk us, walk us through that, Sam. Well, I mean, obviously in the minor leagues, you got to be out there. Yeah. But, I mean, when you just know your position, you know when you have like, especially. When you're but, Kenley Jansen, yeah, what does we, his day look like? Oh, I mean, it's like probably light catch, you know, a little bit of running maybe. And then, you know, you chill in the clubhouse probably to like the third or fourth. They do. They do hang out in the dugout. But like, you know, they get in their snacks. That's what honestly when they do like they do a lot. of You start stretching around like the sixth mm-hmm. and you start making sure that you're loose and ready to go. Because like, obviously, you can tell by the way the game's going when you're going to go in. But like, obviously, you never know if the eighth inning rolls around. They get a couple of hits. They'll call down and be like, all right, get Jansen hot, mm-hmm. you know. So something like that. But so if I'm, they're losing six to nothing, it's possible he doesn't even put his cleats on that day. Oh, it's it's possible that he doesn't come out of the dugout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a really good chance of that. And that's because that's the thing. If it, if it's like the sixth inning, and you guys are and you're down three to two, three to one, like probably not gonna get in. No, the only but, time, the only time like situations like that where you do get in is if like you've lost four in a row and you haven't pitched and you just need to get an inning of work in. Like but as, as a manager, three to two, maybe seventh or eighth inning, you're down and you're in a pretty tough situation. Are you going to go to a, a closer guy or are you no. just kind of kind of Usually they down? don't. No. But, like, even in, if it's, like, a one-run game and you're down, I mean, like, because closers come in and tie games all the time. Yeah, so right. Like, that's, that's what You I'm, still got to be ready yeah. for that. But if you're down a lot, you're not. No, you're no, not. No. You're Especially so, on the road because in that situation, oh, yeah, there so is no safe situation. that game. Right. Yeah, you are so checked out. But I'm, I'm glad you brought up that one point, though, because, okay, you've had an off day, and then the previous series is three blowouts, and your closer hasn't thrown for four days. But all of a sudden – you ask him to come in with an eight to two lead in the ninth. Why so often does it not go well? And he gives up three runs because that's not a quote unquote save situation. You see that all the time. Then that's happened to me too. I went six days without throwing as the closer because we were just abusing teams in double a. And they told me, they were like, Hey, you are throwing the ninth tonight, no matter what the score is. Mm -hmm. And it was 10 to nothing. And I came in, I think I gave up two or three, but it's because like when it's a close game, like you're just more locked in. Mm-hmm. You care way more. You're more focused on throwing competitive pitches, and when it's, you know, when you can give up eight runs and still win, you're you're just up there throwing. So it's just that like, simple. You're yeah, in there two to one a, versus that's eleven. What that's one. what I'm saying. It's a mentality thing. Like I mean, like think about like all those times. Like you know, all those videos have been popping up about Grant Balfour mm-hmm. coming into oh, the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like think about how intense he is when it's a one run game. Compared to if it was twelve to nothing, exactly. you know, like that. Int- if that intensity is not there, you're not throwing. There's, you know, there's not as much behind the ball. Your fastball, like you know, he threw ninety two. I started like, the segment talking about Hendricks, and no one's more intense than that guy. Yeah, and like, if you don't have any conviction behind your fastball, especially oh, yeah. as a closer, like it's just it, you could be throwing ninety seven, and it's gonna be easy to hit you. But do you think? I mean, I feel like there are still some predominant closers in today's game. I feel like we're not completely lost from. Not no, completely from, lost. I don't. I mean, Josh, I think the list is shorter. Josh Hader is going nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's. I mean, he had his little you know month stint last year where he was bad, but I mean, he's he's lights out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kenley Jansen's gonna, you know, I don't know how much longer he has left, but he's gonna be great. I mean, Kimbrel's still kind of doing it. I mean, there there's nothing wrong with Kimbrel. He just does not throw enough strikes. Right. I mean, he got to save. And he got last night, as a matter of fact. 
AJ Mentor's not a closer. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Let's not do, he, he do the AJ Mentor thing right now. <laughs> Family show. I mean, like, you know, like, like I said, it, it, it takes, like, if you look at every closer in the big leagues, like, I think that there's something a little wrong with all of them. Yeah. I mean, Liam Hendricks' mindset is insane. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, the dude's getting mad at throwing a ball in the all-star game. Yeah. Like, that's that crazy. That that's pretty funny. That's crazy. F-bombing while mic'd up. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But that's, uh, that's what it takes to be a closer. Another thing that, you know, this is just my opinion, but it seems like the shelf life for that position is smaller. There's the, you don't have Trevor Hoffmans who are designating closers for 15 years anymore, or no. Mo Rivera, or Billy Wagner. It's, it's guys who are just red hot and dominant for three years, and then... Edwin Diaz has been doing it for a while. I mean, obviously, he has, at an elite level, I, no, I, he really no, hasn't. He, but ha, he still, has had. He's been one on and very half. bad Mariners teams. Yeah, but like he, even with that, the, you can be on a bad team and be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, David Bednar did it last year. Yeah, he had a one ERA, and they were awful. Edwin Diaz broke the saves record in the AL or whatever. But do we expect? Do we expect David Bednar to still be a All Star caliber closer in five years? No, no. I also think that has there's to a lot of commas. It's just right in and out of there in a hurry. Robertson's still doing it, but it's but he hasn't been a closer his whole career. He's he spent half yeah. his career as a setup guy. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of guys like like all the guys you named for the most part, obviously except for Billy Wagner because he's a unicorn. Yeah, but like another freak. You know, Rivera didn't throw hard. Trevor Hoffman didn't throw hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of stress on the arm today. I think a lot yeah. of these closers all throw, you know, ninety-eight plus. They're pitching a lot, and I just think it's tough to. Like, they are. They are throwing. I a think lot it's more. tough to just yeah, keep up sure. with that over, like you know, a ten-year span. You just. I was gonna say you're it. never gonna. I don't think we're, we'll ever see someone come close to Hoffman and. No, 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 no. There's no, no, just, no. I mean, Kenley Jansen will be the closest, and yeah, he's what two hundred, two hundred away. I think we yeah. talked about that. I think Hoffman has 600 plus, 603 saves or something. Didn't Kelly Jansen just get his 400th? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no one's going to touch that. No. no. But also, I mean. And, like, like, is that because they're throwing in the seventh, eighth? Um, I will say, I, I do think closers are throwing. Or is just that no one's going to be that consistent? I mean, anymore. just because, like, you know, like Hader, what was it? It was 21 when he had like a .7 ERA and he only had like 32 saves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he made 70 appearances. So he obviously threw in a lot of games that weren't save situations. And he only blew like four. How come we don't have high school closers or college closers, guys who are just designated closers or even when they get to the minors? So many of these guys are, for lack of a better term, failed starters. I mean, Dennis Eckersley was kind of the first true modern-day ninth-inning guy for the A's. And he was, he was a mediocre starting pitcher for 10 years. I'm, I, I have no idea. I just know that... For like when you get to the bullpen, for some reason, when you have one inning, you know you can just blow it out. Yeah, yeah. Liam like, Hendricks was I mean, a very mediocre starting pitcher I mean, for the A's again. In my minor league career, I was eighty-eight to ninety-three as a starter, and then as soon as you get put in the bullpen, you're just ninety-three, ninety-five. I don't know. I don't know what makes that change. I don't felt like I didn't feel like I changed my mechanics at all or anything. It was just coming out better. Where did um. Where did Nolan Blackwood pitch for you guys? In the, did he pitch much in that Double A championship run? He threw one inning when we were losing by a lot, and then he actually came in and uh, threw an inning in Game Five when we were up one. Okay, because he was so Nolan was one of my roommates in college, sidearm, submarine guy. Yeah, um, 
always he was our closer. Like I think my sophomore year, we had kind of that Royals HGH or HDH moment mm-hmm. uh, where we had a seventh, eighth, ninth guy, and he was our ninth guy. And but yeah, he was always a closer, even. And I mean, I think high school ball he started, but for our travel team, he closed it out. But then he got he got he got to the minors, and then he just kind of became. Just that late inning. Well, he was the. I don't, I don't know if well, that he year was, he was the closer. He had like twenty saves in high A. Yeah, but once like, he got to like triple A, double A. When he got to when he came to us during that playoff run, though, like we had already had our bullpen established. Set. Yeah, yeah like exactly. We, we yeah. were a playoff team. Like that wasn't changing. Yeah, once he got to triple A, like uh, Erie or Toledo, um, with he, the Tigers, he, he kinda, started out as our closer in two thousand eighteen, but he blew a bunch of saves and then. They gave it. To, I forgot who who they gave it to, but they gave it to somebody else. But yeah, that's just kind of how I was thinking. Like he was, he's been a closer for the past six years, and now he's just kind of. I a, a, I mean, it a, he's a specialist for sure. But also, but. there's a lot like there's situations like me. Like I had never relieved once in my life, and as soon as I got drafted, I was I went to our short season team and instantly was the closer. And it was such a weird – I remember my first time doing it. It was uh, Vermont. They packed the house every time. It was like 7,000 people every night. And I remember the first time I came to a game, you know, I came from Juco, so I never played again. Like, there's no fans. And the first time I did it, got the first two guys out, third batter, 0-2, and everyone standing up clapping. And I was so nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. Like, I was like – but it, like, kind of gave you, like, a little adrenaline. I feel and like if I was a pitcher, I'd, I'd want to be a closer. It's it's pretty sweet, especially at that like level. Yeah, when I was in, when I was in low A, we did knowing uh, like you're that guy. We did uh, dual closers. Oh wait, how like, does that work? I close like say Monday. I close Monday. Save situation the next night. This other guy closed, and then Wednesday, unless we just switched off. Closer back. No one ever did back to back, but it was just me and him. Like we both had like six or seven saves, but like we just switched off every night. All right, one more thing I want to talk about on this topic. Again, a little bit White Sox-centric, but we mentioned Craig Kimbrell. So 2021 was sort of the comeback for that guy. He had had some struggles, but all of a sudden he lands with the Cubs, and he's an all-star. He is absolutely lights out. In a Cubs uniform, he's the closer. His ERA is .49, 23 saves, absolutely unhittable. Deadline deal, goes across town to Chicago. They already have Liam Hendricks, and they're thinking, great, we're going to have Kimbrell in the eighth, we're going to have Hendricks in the ninth. And Kimbrell, the same guy, the same city just across town, was atrocious. His ERA was over five, and in the playoffs, they couldn't trust him to get anybody out. And the only difference was he went from the ninth inning to the eighth. Why? That's uh, once again. I think it's the adrenaline thing. I think it's that's just adrenaline. It's, I, think and focus. I think it's nothing to do with stuff. Has nothing to do with how it's being used. No, has nothing to do with stuff. Yeah, but I think it's like imagine if you're batting three twenty. With 30 home runs, you get traded to a, another team and they put you in the eight hole. You're like, what the heck? Like, I mean, it would just, it's just probably it's a change for him and it, it was a change that didn't work. You think when you get that guy, like I, when they traded for him, I was like, oh, Liam will throw the eighth. Yeah. That was what I thought because Liam's done that before. Yeah. Kimbrell's never done that. So I thought, it, I'm sure that it was probably more of a butt hurt situation than anything. And right. And knowing Kimbrell a little bit as a person, <laughs> I could see that being the big reason. I mean, that's another thing. Like, you would think scouting reports would, would help. Because, I mean, that, this, uh, he's been pitching forever. And 
it's he's probably got a laundry list book on him. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, like I think that the the scouting or like the scouting reports are so detailed that like pitchers should not ever suck. That, that's what I. But, that's what I'm saying. But the hitters in the big leagues are so good that when you make those mistakes, they get they get hit. Well, I, actually, I was thinking it from the other perspective, like like with Kenley Jansen and um, Kimbrell. Like these hitters should have, I mean, every type of tendency in the book on, on, on these guys. Well, yeah, they do. They do. But it's like, you know, Kimbrell, when he's lights out, he's throwing a lot of strikes. He's in the zone. But like, yeah. if he's super wild, you know, that like when he's throwing that breaking ball off the plate, you just don't have to swing. Mm-hmm. True. But if he's throwing it in the zone, obviously he's a lot harder to hit. So I think but, that has a lot to do with it. Too. That, that is interesting. I, yeah, he, I really he's don't. not afraid to walk the whole ballpark. No, if he doesn't no, he's have not, it. no, he's not. But yeah, that's interesting. I mean, just from a truly non-pitcher's perspective, moving from the eighth to the ninth inning, having a big difference on a guy is I mean, wild I, to me. I, in 2017, didn't blow a save, and I was the closer for like three months, and we sent a guy down from AAA, and he threw 100, and stuff was good, and we had a really close game. It was like 3-1 to one or 3-2, to two, and the seventh inning rolled around. I am not in all mentally thinking I'm going to throw this inning. And they're like, yeah, Bragg's got next inning. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I instantly just lost the closing role. And yeah. obviously I went out there with less intensity because one, I was mad. Yeah. That just because we brought down a guy that had a nine ERA and triple a because he threw hard instantly. It was going to be our double a closer. Gotcha. Yeah. That rattled me. Yeah. Uh, l- last thing yeah. I want to talk about for the closer stuff. Can you, can you sort of, build a closer from the youth level can, can you can a high school kid be a closer can a college kid be a closer and then go to professional baseball and be a closer or are most of these guys going to be some sort of reclamation project yeah it's gonna be that's always going to be a failed starter mm-hmm. every single like you're never going to invest high draft picks in someone who's designated no. as a back end and i guy. mean you know kimbrell guys like that he was drafted as a starter and they put him in the bullpen right away. Sometimes it just like happens like that. I mean, Alex. Lund it doesn't have to be. LSU. It doesn't have to be a failed starter. But like, it's just different when you get drafted. There's just there's five starting spots. Alex and, Lang for LSU was a nasty. Yeah, no starter, and now he's just a platoon guy basically. Like, mm-hmm. You know, Balfour think, was a starter. Mariano Rivera was a starter. I think Hoffman was at one point before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. So it's like, almost all of them. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's all. I think it's majority of them are just failed starters, or it's just not even really given the opportunity to start. Ben Joyce wasn't a starter, was no. he? But he wasn't a closer, right? Right. The closer yeah, yeah. was that fat lefty. Yeah, yeah. That throws like eighty five. Yeah. <laughs> ben Joyce was like the bridge guy mm-hmm. that would throw a hundred to get him to the closer. Mm-hmm. But he he easily he, could he, be he could be a, a closer, be a closer yeah. but he also could be a starter. Yeah. Right? He seems to be throwing a lot of strikes. Yeah, he's. So he had a really his good future debut. screams closer right oh, now. Oh yeah, bullpen for it sure. Does. But a lot of teams see this like high strikeout rate. That was what that was what made the A's turn me into a starter in 2016. Is I struck out a lot of guys and uh and high as a reliever. And they were like, maybe we just have like lightning in a bottle, you know, where we turn you into a starter and you punch out, you know, 190 guys and 130 innings. And it, you know, it wasn't the case, but <laughs> I mean it's it's pretty good, like for the most part, I feel like a lot of guys have that. Not safety net, but something to fall back on. Like if I if I can't 
relieved than maybe like it's always good i would say this as playing professionally you always want to be the one to start out in the bullpen start out in the bullpen yes because you can always become a starter but if you are a failed starter and then you go to the bullpen and you are a bad bullpen guy you're gone you're on the street yeah like there i I wouldn't have thought about it that way. i know so many guys that were relievers that were like bad or mediocre that were like 88 to 90 and they were like well he can eat innings and he does throw strikes so maybe we'll just throw him out there every fifth day and see what happens and it worked out and they pitched well and they're able like you know you can give up two runs in the first but yeah, throw five exactly. scoreless as an eighth yeah. inning guy you give up two runs in the eighth you're done yeah like yep, you're that's true. Over. Hmm. i just saw that work that's for a, a good lot point. of guys yeah very interesting yeah. all right time for one last break where we come back another installment of three up and three down the Clueless Joe podcast is brought to you by Pro9 Sports, committed to providing high-quality, precision baseball and softball products to help players perform their best on the field. A family-owned and operated business since 2001, offering a wide range of products including game and practice balls, protective gear, team and player bags, umpire equipment, and much more. Here at the Nashville location, we use private label D-Bat baseballs and softballs produced by Pro9 in our pitching machines and lesson buckets. These balls are durable, long-lasting, and made with quality materials to replicate your game experience. Pro9 equipment is made to precise specifications and designed to provide a better way to play. To learn more, go to Pro9.com or visit your local DBAT. Three up, three down once again. We have to get the, the home version one of these days to come out. Um, our panel doesn't know what's coming, so they have to answer off the cuff here. Question number one. Let's flip it to softball for a minute. What chances do you give Florida State to upset upset number one Oklahoma in the Women's College World Series, which begins this evening? Zero. Zero. Oklahoma is so good. Oklahoma is fifty nine and one on a fifty one game <laughs> winning streak, which is, is that good? Record. Uh, yes. This is a rematch yeah. of the finals from two seasons ago. Y'all don't have a chance. I think Tennessee was probably the one that had. Tennessee or Stanford was probably Florida State's like 57 and nine, by the way. And they have a very experienced team and they have Catherine Sandercock, who is their ace pitcher. She's got all the experience in the world and she can shut a team down. I thought that Stanford girl, that Kennedy girl. Yeah, she was was supposed to. I thought that was the only chance anybody had against Oklahoma was her Mm. shutting down them. So, yeah, now I don't know. Oklahoma's. They can rake, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give Florida State, granted, a homer pick. I'm going to give them a puncher's chance just because Lonnie Alameda is an amazing coach. They have a very experienced team. They play a very scrappy brand of softball. They don't strike out much. They steal a ton of bases. They make plays on defense. Um, Oklahoma's more just – they're just hitting bombs. That's what they do. I mean, they have the yeah. number one recruiting class in the country well. every year. They lose Jocelyn Allo out of their lineup, and it hurts them not at all. Nope. Um they're unbelievable. I'm not taking anything away from them, but I do give Florida State a 10% chance to make something happen. I really do. Like Oof. to win a game or to win the series? To win the series. Oof. 10 to 1. So the championship series starts tonight. Starts tonight. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, if necessary. I, no. I got Oklahoma to, it's, to it's win it. It's going to be tough. I mean, Florida State played uh, – they played Tennessee the other night and they beat him handily. They beat him yeah, five. Yeah, they, did. they gave up a, a solo homer in the first inning and shut him out after that with three girls. Yeah, boomer sooner, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You can't, I wa- you can't. I want it so bad. A, 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 it, yeah, it's cool if they do it, but yeah, mm. this is their third finals in six seasons. But Oklahoma, I'm mean, they're just they're yeah, just y'all are the Utah Jazz. They're just that <laughs> juggernaut right now. Question number two. Mm, this is a tough question to ask. Have we seen the last of Cy Young caliber at Jacob Degrom? Yeah. In case you haven't seen the news, he is going down for his second Tommy John nice. surgery. Yeah, I mean, Verlander won after coming back from Tommy John. I don't. But know. was that his first or his second time it having was it? His first. Yeah, this is Degrom's second time having it. His it. first time he had it though was in college when he wasn't even a pitcher. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And I think this is year one of a five-year contract worth how much money? Hundred eighty million dollars. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I feel bad for him. It sucks. I feel yeah, bad. I, I feel I, bad for him and Steven Strasburg, yep. two guys that are Cy Young caliber pitchers. That for a guy who has multiple Cy Youngs and has made that much money and that advanced in his career to be teary in his press conference when he had to announce this, that that really says something. Yeah, it was. You think he moves to a power bullpen arm? And mm. that contract. He might have to. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't. I think. don't think he makes it another full season with, with like you said, his mechanics. I, and, I know it's it's so hard to throw to. If he could put on weight as a start, yeah, he yeah. would be fine. But just the way his body and arm works, it cannot. What is he doing that makes his arm so brittle? Just give us without getting too deep in the weeds here. The biggest thing is what he does is what a lot of people try to stay away from is when he picks his leg up, he drifts really hard to the plate. Mm-hmm. So, so that means he, he has to move his arm extremely fast for it to be on time. So if it's not on time and it's delayed, that's where you're coming through super behind, and that's where you're putting a lot of stress on the shoulder and the elbow. So, I mean, and obviously he's clearly moving it fast because he, you yeah. know, And how have countless pitching coaches not found a way to work around this? I mean. Is that just the way he's engineered? I think, yeah, I mean, it's what are you going to tell a guy like DeGrom? Exactly. What yeah. pitching, yeah. Like, you think a pitching coach has truly worked with him since he's been. Yeah. If anything, it's probably not him. a guy that is in the organ, any of the organizations. You can't, you can't be a coordinator, a minor league coach, a big league coach, and be like, hey, uh, Jacob, no, you just gave up 20 runs in 212 innings yeah. last year, but do you think you might want to change this up a yeah. little bit? We know you're dotting the corners at 102. Yeah. But have you thought about this? It's just it's one of those things like he's a superstar and you're not going to you're not going to ever fix tell you know Mike Trout how to swing mm-hmm. when he's struggling. But do you, you know? think do you think a trainer could go up to him and be like, "Look, this is why you I think he's going to make the adjustment on his own in order to be yeah. healthy. It's just it's But do you th- do we think he is aware that there could be a reason why he's it has to be aware. It's, this. It's, if you just Twitter and why he's, his name, he's it's, always getting hurt. I'm yeah. glad we had the closer conversation. Imagine him coming back oh, as a closer. Well, I bet he'd throw 109 miles. Yeah. An hour. And you ask him to throw 70 innings a year instead of 170. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I, I think, think he could nasty. be a really good power arm. Yeah. I think it would it would suck for the Rangers to be shelling out $35 million to your one inning right. guy. Right. That's true. Hey, they're yeah. 20 games over 500. They're great. Essentially they're, they're without. Really they're good. Essentially they're, without. They're great. Something else. But yeah. Question number three. We're going to revisit one we had a while back. Luis Arias went two for four on Tuesday, raising his average to 401. Do you want to revise your prediction on where he will finish the season? I asked this question a month ago. I said north of 350. You guys said much, much lower. I said 315, and I'm going to stick with that. I think I said like 325, (laughs) 330. 315. I'm going to stick with it. You think he's going to hit 250 the rest of the way? Yep. I I mean, I think think over 350, 350 350-ish. Yes. He'll probably finish. 
he's. This I don't. I don't think three eight three eighty. I don't. I don't. See I mean, three fifty is believable. I mean, guys like guys who are much better hitters like Chipper Jones and Joe Maurer had higher batting averages and finished, you know, just like at three right. sixty. Yeah, that is the trivia question. The last player this late in the season to be north of four hundred was Chipper Jones. Yeah. But he was hitting like four twenty one, and he finished in game sixty two. Yeah, what did he? It was like four eighteen. He I finished think. at like he, he, I didn't see the final one. Of it was he at like three sixty four. Yeah, he yeah. did. I remember him he having led the, he led the league through his first sixty one games. It was he was right. at four eighteen. Last four games for a rise: five for five, two for four, three for four, two for four to get back over four hundred. And I know that we knock him for being you know a light hitting four hundred. How many extra base hits were, did he have? Not many. He has 85 hits, only 17 for extra bases. That being said, the Marlins are pretty good right now. They're great. Is he driving in runs, He's got 30 RBIs. He's on pace with one home run. He's got 30 knock. He's on pace for like 80 ribbies, which is pretty good. For not hitting extra base hits. For not getting extra base hits. What a weird weird season that would be if he hit like 380 with like three home runs and 90 RBIs. That would be wild. weird. That's throwback Rod Carew. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to say he's going to bat that high, but I feel like if I say he's going to tank, he's going to continue to mash and hit three ninety. You would I just. Mean, you would just think that a guy that's not generating any power or driving the baseball, you would figure out a way to just be able to get him to ground out. The bat to ball skills are it's, unbelievable. It's, yeah, he's no, a, no it's shift a, now. I'm not saying he's a no bat. Shift. He's a good hitter. It's a big yeah. ballpark in the outfield. Gives him a lot of gaps when yeah. he's at home. So I'm not shocked by this. I said 350. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 360. That's what I'm seven. saying. I, why, like if yeah, if he hits 350, why not it be just 360? Yeah, at the very minimum. Very impressive. I'll I'll raise it to 325. <laughs> Aren't you generous? I'll raise it to 325. Okay, yeah. give us the weekly Zach attack. What do we have going on this week? We have to skip the crying Ryan report. Yeah, he is, uh, I, I got a couple then. Just Coach to, Ryan is unavoidably detained this week. Well, I just learned that after one season, the Memphis head coach is out and got, really? and got a uh, head coach the head coach job at Missouri. He um, leveled up after one year. Yeah, I was. You were dubious on his hire in the first place. I remember. I was excited. I mean, I was. I think they finished around five hundred this year. Um, which is pretty decent for coming into a new program. And I was excited mm-hmm. to see kind of what exactly he was going to be able to do for uh, the Memphis program, but uh, we will clearly not be able to see that. So interesting to see we'll, where Memphis Tigers will. Well, hey, Ryan. Hey, guys. You're just, oh, hey. just in time to give us your crying. We yeah. were just not talking about you. How's it going? We're go doing ahead, really go well. sit down to your crying, Ryan. Yeah, Come on in. Making things happen here on the fly. On the fly. We we literally just started the Zach attack and said that Crying Ryan is not available this week, and here you are. Let's cry. Now you're you're in. (laughs) Nope, go. We're getting the deep soliloquy on Memphis baseball right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting to jump from – I mean, I I know he did – I think he did play at Missouri and coach there at one point. So, like, I understand how he could – was able to jump that quick, but – but th- um, this is the danger of being the mid-major, not only in football and basketball, but also it's going to trickle down to baseball. This SEC yeah, I haven't money, really seen it at baseball this that much. Big Ten money is getting so obscene. Like just for my school, like we mentioned Lonnie Alameda, the, the head coach of the women's softball team. Who's to stop Ole Miss from offering her $2 million a year, which is probably two and a half times what she's making in Tallahassee? Because they have so much money they are printing in these programs 
if you get a guy at a school like Memphis who shows some promise, a school like Mizzou is easily just going to double his salary and poach him. Easy. Yeah. Again, and like I said, the around the it's 500. It's almost like the coach's average. transfer portal. Yeah. I mean, look at Scott Strickland, like we talked about earlier. Kent State gets offered to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's one that. One season's tough. Yeah, one season, listen. I think that's a the 500, way too small of a sample size. That's what I'm saying. And like, but it's if, also if, he went, if, he, if he won 40 games, I'd be like, okay, that, that makes perfect, perfect sense. It's also mm-hmm. Mizzou, not. And again, know. I know he has yeah. ties to Missouri. Not Missouri the pitching was, coach for it, Memphis yeah, used yeah. to be the head coach there. Um, so I, I get it, but the sample size, yeah, was a little too. And I obviously Missouri had had a need and a position that needed to be filled. And I think it's a I think it's a good hire. I think he will still do good things. But I was excited for the Memphis program. So who's on the radar to be the next head coach? I have no idea. Zach Schreitenthal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll write your recommendation. Throw, throw my hat in there. No, I could not imagine. Um, <laughs> I could not imagine. But also, I do need to bring up. Another little segment, a little deal. Um, my good friend Sam reinforced my uh, Pete Alonzo hatred. Oh yeah, with mm. how much of a we God. talking that Sam? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I hate Pete Alonzo now. Yeah. Lose, he's a loser. With his, he uh, he was, talking, was talking, talking mess to the skater. to the Braves. Picked up on and, a hot mic. Um, Nothing. And got, then he got, got he got, got it back. With. They got yeah. dealt with. It, it, yeah. He messed around and found out. Yep. Sure did. He's still he can, pretty good. He though. can hit a baseball. Though. He can hit a baseball he can, for he can sure. Hit he is leading <laughs> majors in but homers. He, is, he has twenty. I, he has twenty-two I, hits this year, and they are all homers. I, I, I do think that he is like top five on like the legit he, least least favorited baseball player like in the MLB. Yeah, he's a loser like around like throughout around the players. He's a loser. Yeah, which he is. is that, I like, mean, he does. See, he does seem when like he was yelling that like, one. It was cringy. Yeah. Two, the guy standing next to him was at a what Brett Beatty, and he like looked so uncomfortable. Yeah, it was like, well, dude, he's a rook. He's been up for twenty games. Yeah, yeah but still, like, I'd be if I had a teammate doing that, I'd be like, oh, yeah, God. yeah. But especially when all, you're yep. up sub five hundred team. Yeah, that's all I got. The though. first week of June. Yeah, it's not like this is October. Ryan, what are we crying about? Yeah, unexpected thrown, bonus thrown into the we fire. Get our I mean, Ryan you guys, segment. you guys, honestly, have probably already talked about it, but the Degrom. Yeah, 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 we, we just, yeah, we just talked I, did about you it. talk about it? Yeah. That interview was t- that was it tough was to sad. watch. Yeah, I yeah. That, that was tough. The to fact watch. that 34, I mean, 35 years old, nine figures in the bank, and he's still getting teary eyed shows I what mean, it means to him. It it hurt. Like yeah. if we're really talking, crying, Ryan, mm-hmm. there were some tears welling up in the. I feel for the guy. Yeah, I mean, he can't catch a break. He cannot catch a break. He can catch a break. They're just all in his right Actually, elbow. Yeah. Oh, Dang. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. Brutal. I also think he's only like, I think he's like 32, 33. No, he's older than you think. Is he's, he? I, I he, think he's. he's oh, yeah. Never mind. 34. He was. Oh, I was thinking because he got drafted in, in 2009, and I was thinking that he. Oh, that was stupid. He yeah. was in college. But you, since you guys already talked about it, I had five birdies on the course today. Did nice. you? Yeah. Out of really? A couple doubles. But and I was about to say, and carded a what? It, I. Rough, a rough eighty upper eighties. Let's say okay. I always have a couple doubles. Oh. Of course, <laughs> a rough upper eighties. No two two chippings from off the green. Nice for birds. Nice. Scratch golfer drove the green on a par four. It was pretty good. It was a good. Yeah. It was a decent day. Wow, we're not decent really, day. Not really crying a whole lot. Right. Okay, were you fueled by the Saudi public investment fund? Crazy, huh? John's been. I John is this whole crazy. show. I, know. I could tell John has been trying to hold back to. 
I know. I'm bringing that up. Really? Yeah. He was really upset yeah, yesterday. I mean, my, my, my dad worked for the PGA Tour for about a decade. I, I'm very familiar with your organization, and I, I follow a decent amount of golf, and that, that story just wild shocked me. Yeah. Absolutely floored me how sanctimonious the PGA Tour was, and then all of a sudden, how about so yeah, this crazy. much? Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's unreal. Like how it's against unreal. they were, or how much against they were against the live golf. It was wild. Yeah. It was wild. Rory McIlroy. Yeah. God. Redbirds report. Who we got? Redbirds report. Let's move oh, on. We honestly had some bright moments. Um, very bright moments. Very, this past very weekend. bright moments. Um, mm-hmm. Had a pitcher start throwing a breaking ball. Clearly seems that nine-year-olds at the plate are not ready for that. Hey. Teddy yeah. ball who, who game. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy ball game was Ted, snapping Ted. off some sliders, and they were Ted, nice. Teddy bomb had about eleven punch outs on breaking nice. balls through you know That's five so innings. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Teddy yeah, and he threw every thing, yeah. he threw every single one for a strike pretty much, except for like one. Yeah, he, he does he, have really good control. He only that. truly yeah. missed like once. Yeah, yeah. Every single one was like right down the middle. Yeah, and like these kids were just on that. I mean, their front knee was pretty much touching the ground, he had a couple of kids looking oh, like the tasmanian okay. way out. Just spinning oh, in really ground. oh yeah. yeah you knew you knew if it was one two oh two it was a punch yeah, yeah. He, he ran out of gas at like four and two thirds didn't quite finish the game but he was awesome yeah. i mean four and two thirds really for a nine that, yeah, yeah that's that's pretty yeah. dang good yeah. looked really good yeah. that was fun that was, no, fun. was good had some had some you know pretty bright Still, our catcher, Corbin's the best nine-year-old catcher that mm-hmm. I think I'll ever see in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Starting to swing the bat a little bit, which is nice. He's starting to crunch it at the plate. Yeah, we, he uh, Simplify the swing a little we bit. We did, in our second game, probably have 12 strikeouts looking. And we are not facing kids that throw breaking balls, so we should not be doing that. Day two was tough. Then, we, we probably had 20 LOBs, and two-thirds of them were looking at strike three. In mm. game three... You know, I give my speech saying, hey, guys, no matter what, don't strike out looking. First inning, two guys go down looking. <laughs> so I'm like, two hole hit three hole. Uh-huh. We're playing a team that uh, has abused us and that we keep drawing in the, you know, championship round, which is pretty annoying. Shout out Star Titans. Yeah, they're very, very talented for they're a nine-year-old good. team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we we showed a little life in the third inning, took a lead against them. We were down 4 nothing. Yeah. came back and got it to 5-4. to four. And then Playing good baseball. Then the Heat got to got to the squad, <laughs> gave up about 10. <laughs> yeah, they had a 10-run. Yeah, ten we had a couple fourth. of outfield gaffes. We had a drop third strike that cost us. And yeah, the, the wheels sort of fell off. But but we played them pretty tough. Yeah. Pretty no, tough. It was, it was a good weekend. We're getting good better. It's nice. It's mm-hmm. nice to see that. seems that way. Yeah. So it really shows that we know what we're doing because yeah. they're actually getting yes. worse. Right. We, have pop, we have pop flies that are now being caught routinely which by outfield. Guess. Which is nice. Yes. 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 I was going to say, the, is the outfield still that's the, the weak, difference? That's the weakest point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Need some help. But yeah. if it's a casual fly ball relatively in their area, we can catch well, it. We, yeah. have a, we have a scrimmage tonight. So. Mm-hmm. See, oh, nice. Yeah, so we'll see if we can. Another it. tournament this weekend. A little confidence Who boost. Who are you playing? A coach pitch team. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Like a little longest yard, actually. Yeah. An 8U coach pitch team wants to level up and uh, take us on. Yeah, we're playing the mean machine tonight. Please, <laughs> please don't lose. The mean machine. Oh, it's going to be X-rated if we lose. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's going to be dark. Yeah. I never hope they have their track it'll shoes. Be like, if we lose this game, it'll be like it'll be like Miracle. We'll, yeah. we'll have those kids sprinting oh, after yeah. the game. Again. Uh, Again. Oh, yeah. Again. Oh, yeah. Again. Oh. <laughs> okay, that will do it for the Clueless Joe podcast powered by Rawlings. Thank you to Zach Schreitenthal. 
Go Yankees. And Sam Bragg. Love you guys. And a belated <laughs> thank you to our boy over here, made Ryan Gaynor. Made an appearance. Love you guys. Thank you for your four minutes of time. Of course. Thank you to our sponsors, Tanner Tees and Pro9 Sports. Thank you to our music aficionado, Philip Creamer. And thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can follow us across all platforms on social media at DBAT Nashville. Second hand.